Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hello, my lovely. Welcome to the C Word Podcast. Now, you might know by now that I don't mind flying by the seat of my pants a little bit. I will change my mind if an idea pops into my head. So today's podcast is something a bit different. I am recording this on International Women's Day and it's about International Women's Day. And it's not an educational podcast, which many of mine are. It's not about actions or tips or sharing knowledge per se. In some ways, there's perhaps no outcome from this podcast other than my feeling that I just want to share. Maybe there is a bit of a takeaway though, but I'm recording this off the cuff, so I'm not sure where we're going to end up. But given it's International Women's Day, I just wanted to take a few moments to reflect on my experiences, not just as a creative, but more specifically as a female creative. And it's not something I do very often. I don't think or reflect on my femaleness as a designer. I just think of myself as a designer. But I did want to ask myself if any of those experiences that I've had through my career were in any way skewed by my gender once I perhaps look back on them with the benefit of hindsight and if they were how might I do things differently now and also how perhaps does it inform or should it inform the work I do with other designers now as well because I do think that International Women's Day is about celebrating women but it's also about reflection and calling for change Some people don't believe there should be one day, that it should just be equality all day, every day. And I do buy into that too. But I also think having a day that focuses on it does bring about some of the conversations. I will say also, because you know me, don't shy away from a little bit of the controversy, is I really do despise, and I know that's a strong word, but I mean for it to be a strong word. I really do despise those posts on International Women's Day thanking and celebrating the men that support the women. And I see women doing this. And for me, it just takes away the whole point of why we're doing it. Why on this one day do we choose still to acknowledge and essentially hand over the power to the men in our lives? And I'm not saying that's what we do, but I think it just dilutes the message for me somewhat. That's a complete digression. But I did want to say it because... I find it misguided and unhelpful. Anyway, I'm here to talk about the design industry and I'm here to talk about me as a female creative and my observation of the experience of the female creative in our industry. First and foremost, there is a glaring incongruency in the design industry because design doesn't have a problem attracting females to it as a career choice. That's not a challenge that the design industry has. 
According to a study by Creative Equals that was done in 2022, approximately 60% of junior designers are female, more than half. So there are a lot of females who go into design, who choose it as a career. We don't have the same challenges of STEM industries, for example, of attracting women into this industry in the first place. But this is the kicker, because according to that same study, only 17% of creative directors are female. So that's women who are very senior, who are leaders in that industry. Another interesting observation was the No BS conference recently in Melbourne. And of the lineup for that conference, which is a design conference, it's specifically for creatives, in the speaker lineup of 22 speakers that I counted, 15 of those were male. So more than two thirds were male, which means that less than a third were female. Again, it's a statistic that speaks for itself. I don't necessarily have the answers to why that is. I can make a lot of assumptions. And I'm sure that's not a conscious decision by no BS. But it's an indication of the balance or imbalance that is in the industry amongst those senior figures. So where the hell are all the women in leadership positions in design? It's not the first time that this has occurred to me, by the way. I've often thought to myself, why is it that there are so many men who take up the more senior positions in agencies, whether that be creative director, strategy director, they are in the this most senior management positions, the managing director, executive director, whatever you want to call them. So we start out in our junior years with a real mix, male, female, everyone coming together and working in the agency, being creative, doing all the things. But as you go through, as you work up the chain, as it were, somehow the female influence starts to disappear. And that's probably true of all minorities, but I just want to focus on the female aspect today. Because this plays out in my own experience. So I have worked with 15 executive creative directors in my career. So they would be the creatives at the very top of the tree, as it were, in the studio. They are the ones who are leading the business as well as the design direction. So 15, and only one of those was a female. Now, obviously, subconsciously, I was aware that there was an imbalance, but I'd never actually sat down to count it out. And I even sit here now quite aghast at that statistic. That's a lot of men and women very much underrepresented in there. And the same was true in strategy. So in all my strategic roles, there has only ever been one other female brand strategist apart from me in all the jobs that I've done. So if attracting women isn't the problem, if there are plenty of females going into this as a work or a career choice, then it has to be more to do with how the industry is keeping, supporting, growing, and also promoting, consciously promoting female designers and creatives. Why is the industry, is the industry making a conscious choice not to do that in some way? In my experience, it was only those who could lean into 
their male energy, their masculine energy, and essentially be one of the boys. And I would put myself in that category. And on reflection, I look back at that and say that was a conscious decision that I made that I felt I needed to make to get ahead. And it was only those particular females that saw pace in their career progression within an agency. And I wasn't necessarily offended by that or even aware of that at the time. But when I reflect on it, I felt that I needed to be a certain way to get ahead, let's say. So why is it happening? Well, I thought what I might do is perhaps just share some of my own experiences and my own stories of agency life. So I might have shared this story before. Sorry about that. I'm probably becoming my dad and just repeating this, <laughs> the same stories over and over. But one of the things that always sticks in my mind, even though it was probably more than 20 years ago now, is in my very first role in agency. In my first week, I had my desk and I found a pile of Design Week magazines on my desk. After a few days, this pile sort of appeared and it had lots of post-it notes sticking out of the pages. I'm like, well, where has this come from? And then over the next few weeks, the pile kept growing, but no one said anything. Until one day, I asked the room of five people that I was in, that I was working around, if anyone knew where these mysterious self-propagating design magazines were coming from. And one of my male colleagues said that he put them there so that I could photocopy the marked pages for him. Um, not in my job description, mate. I just didn't do it. And I let him know quite politely that, that I wouldn't, that that was just not going to be something that I was going to be doing for him. And to be honest, it wasn't easy to stand up to someone who was older than me, that I felt at the time had more authority than me. But my sense of justice, of righteousness, let's say, and what should be the case, in my opinion, just made me do it. I just couldn't have brought myself to have done that for him on his behalf. Why would why would that fall to me just because I was more junior and maybe on reflection because I was female that I should be doing the admin jobs. So I'm really glad that I said no and I stood up to him. But also I'm sad that that was the situation then that that was the box that I was put into and I'm sure that it wasn't just me. And I think this perception of women as the administrators pops up a lot. When I reflect on my experiences in agency, it's the women that organise the lunches. It's the women who get the flowers for the office. It's the females that organise the office parties and do the admin tasks, do the photocopying, for example. It just somehow falls to that group of people. On another occasion, which was a little bit, quite a bit later on in my career, I was in a meeting with my two male bosses. Yes, I had two because they couldn't agree between them who was going to be the boss of me. And these men were both notoriously inappropriate, I have to say. I'm being brutally honest here. One once showed me the underwear he'd bought for his mistress from Asian Provocateur. And I know they made comments about me behind my back because they made comments to me about my female colleagues so there was a whole toxic kind of thing going on there, which again, I probably wasn't as cognizant of 
then when I was in it as I am now reflecting on it. So one day I was in a meeting with those two gentlemen and then one of them called in the managing director's PA. One of them was the managing director and the other one called in his PA and he asked her to go and get him a beer and I was incensed. So what, she's a bartender now. She's actually got real work to do. Her job should not be running around getting alcohol for her senior colleagues. I think we all need to grow up a bit here. And I called him out on it. Probably not quite like that, although I think that would have been quite satisfying. But I did call him out and he didn't like it. Did it change anything? I don't know. Probably not, actually. He probably didn't even understand my annoyance. He probably didn't get it. But it's just an example of subtle, pervasive, unconscious bias that she's a female in particular a female in a junior role, therefore these menial tasks, which essentially equate to serving me, are part of her job. But the time I think I felt it most, I felt that I was being treated differently because of my gender, was when I told those same colleagues I was pregnant. And that experience included me being accused of being over-emotional in response to various things that were happening within the agency, over-emotional because I was pregnant. Oh, it's your hormones. I mean, I think that might be classed as gaslighting in some circles. And being subtly but not so subtly sidelined from my job, essentially. Being sidelined from meetings, not being consulted as much, just really not being one of the inner circle anymore. And that happened the moment. Essentially, it my femaleness was exposed and I was no longer one of them and I felt replaced and I felt overlooked. Now interestingly, side note, that senior role that I was in, because it was a senior role at the time, was replaced by two people. So when I left for maternity leave, my single role was replaced by two people and this is quite interesting. And again, I've only really realised this by reflecting on it now. That a female colleague was recruited to take on the client-facing, the more administrative side of my role. And then a more senior male colleague, and he was brought in as more senior. He was paid a higher salary. He was just defined and given a title that was more senior. And he was brought in to focus purely on the brand strategy and the strategy side of the business. So they made a conscious choice to A, split the role but split it very specifically. So there were, and look, this may well be perception. I'm well aware that, you know, perception is reality, but it feels like there was the female side of the role and that was a more junior person that will get to do that because we might not be able to get a man to do all of that admin stuff. So we'll get a female to do that and then we'll create a new role which is really just focused on the strategy because a man's more likely to want to do that. We might be able to open ourselves up to more recruitment opportunities, more ca- more candidates. So the bias, unconscious or conscious, I don't really care to define which one it is, to be honest with you, it turns up in agency in so many ways. I think it's not seeing female creatives as a match for senior men in the client space. That happened very often, that if there was going to be a meeting with a senior 
brand manager or marketing manager within the client and that was going to be, that was a man, then one of my male bosses would come along. If it was a female, it really didn't happen as often. As a female, I wasn't seen as a match for my male counterparts, my male peers on the client side. And then there are those old fashioned views of women, that they are the ones who do the photocopying. And then there's how women are treated when their life stage is no longer seen to be a fit for agency life. So instead of agency adapting itself to women who become parents or women who start to go into menopause, recognizing and adapting to those life stages to keep amazing people in the workforce, instead, those people are pushed out. And that's not great. That doesn't feel good. I saw my colleagues, because I wasn't a mum when I worked in agency, I actually never felt I could go back to agency once I'd had my kids, but I did see other mums getting treated very differently. I remember one of my colleagues and her child had just started daycare and there were some settling in issues. Occasionally she had to go on pick her child up because he was unwell and that was always met with lots of negative comments and scrutiny from my male colleagues. She was seen differently. It was seen to somehow make her less valuable, that she wasn't as capable because she had this other commitment in her life. And that's something I don't think that men generally have to deal with in the workplace as much. I'm not saying that none of them do, so nobody needs to get out the pitchforks. What I am saying is I think it happens much less. And I think in the creative industry, which is an industry of long hours, lots of socialising, high demands because you're a service industry with a very demanding client. And suddenly when women can't fit that mould because they have other commitments in their life or they're seen as being too soft and too fluffy, then they no longer fit the bill. They're no longer welcomed into the industry, which I think is a lot to do with why women don't pop up as much in those senior roles because by the time they have the experience and the qualifications for it they've been sidelined in other ways they've been forced to leave because they've gone on to have a family or something in their life is changing they they can't commit to the demands that that industry is placing on them so that's just a bit of a reflection I guess on the industry as I experienced it now that would have been 10 years ago, over 10 years ago now, my son's 11. And I don't know how much has changed. So if you're more recently in the creative industry, if you're in a studio now, particularly bigger studios, I would say, then just let me know. Is How are things different? I, I would love to get your feedback. I think I've got a picture on what I think should be different. And maybe this is truer now, but I'm reflecting on my experiences. Now, also to come into my own business, and I'm going to be very, very raw and honest here. I've never had a conflict with a female client, never. In fact, a lot of my clients, not just female clients, but majority female, have become friends. I don't have a gender bias in my business of who I work with. I don't put myself in my marketing as only working with female businesses, for example. I'm not for purpose-led female entrepreneurs. I'm for any kind of business owner entrepreneur who sees the value in brand and wants to 
break the mold and elevate their brand in their industry. So that's the style of person that I work with. And that's not a male or female thing. But I have to say, of all the clients I've worked with, I've had, let's say, unpleasant experiences with three male clients. And it was all over money. And I'm not going to go into the details. And again, there is some perception here and maybe there's some assumption. But sometimes you've got to take the statistics for what they are. The common theme, though, for those unpleasant experiences was this idea of how dare I. There was a how dare I type reaction from my client. And it was always around money. And I got the sense that it was driven by a feeling that I should be more meek, that I should be more accommodating to them. They reacted to, when I boil it down, when I reflect on all those experiences, those clients were reacting to their sense of power and control in their eyes being compromised, being undermined. Maybe for them, under the surface, maybe unconsciously, there was a little bit of how dare I not be more accommodating to them, being that I was perhaps more or should be more subservient to them. So whilst I don't want this to be a negative, because today is a celebration, like I said, I do also want to acknowledge that there's still probably a way to go. There's a way to go, and I know that because of my experience as an agency, and I have no clarity on whether things have changed or not, and I hope they have, but also those more recent experiences with clients. So what am I saying? I'm saying that... As designers starting out, the role models that we see around us, who are largely male, and the statistics speak for themselves in that regard, sends messages out about how successful we can be, how senior we can be, what our impact can be in the industry, that that impact, that high-level position is for the men, not for the women, because we're just not there, we're not in those roles. We receive messages about our value in terms of we should be doing more of the admin tasks. We receive messages that we're not a match to our male colleagues, that we need to bring in the big guns, the support of our male colleagues when we go and see a male client, for example. So there's lots of messages that get sent in the design industry that are very subtle and very pervasive around what our value is. And then I think that there's a knock-on effect of that. That gap in female role models in design agencies and our experiences in design agencies has a knock-on effect in how we show up in a design business. So for those creatives and designers who then go at some point, whether that's in the beginning of their career or later on in their career, when they go and choose to have their own business, some of that shows up in some very clear ways to me because I see it all the time. Female designers in particular find it hard to set boundaries. They're people pleasers. They find it hard to say no to clients. They find it hard to rein clients back in. I think they wrestle much more with their self-belief and their belief in their creative work. They look outside for validation much, much more than their male colleagues. And they absolutely charge less or not as much as they want to for their work. So this, dare I say, to quote Prince Harry and those who are of influence to him, the unconscious bias, and I would argue conscious too, in the industry has an effect on female 
designers in their own businesses too. However, I do want to look at the positives as well. But to be honest, if I just thought about my femaleness and reflected on the positive of that, there wasn't a lot for me to go on. (laughs) There's loads of positives about being a designer. There's flexibility in my work. Do I need that flexibility because I'm a woman? That's a question mark. You know, do I choose to be in a business because I needed a more flexible working situation that I couldn't get an agency? Well, I think there's a big question there. But yes, I love the flexibility. I love the ability to work from home. I love the creative control that I have. I love that I can choose the clients that I work with. So there's lots of positives from being a designer. What are the positives for being a female designer? Well, the biggest, the one that shines out to me the most is that there is such a strong sense of community and support within the female design community. I see it so much. And maybe it's confirmation bias because I just happen to have a lot of female designers in my circle. It's actually not by choice. Maybe it's unconscious choice. I don't know. We're talking about conscious and unconscious here. But I do see a real genuine sense of support and community. There's It's a bit of a cliche. I don't always love it. But this idea of collaboration over competition, I see that so much more in the circles of female designers that I work in. This desire to support each other and lift each other up. And I will be honest and say, I didn't see it as much when I was in agency. And I think potentially then, was it a dog eat dog scenario where we just felt like I said, I needed to lean into masculine energy to get ahead. I was ambitious and I didn't necessarily see another way to progress. I didn't have the female role models to see how they had done it. I didn't have a coach and a mentor that was leaning into my own unique needs, what was happening for me that was recognizing my femaleness maybe. So what needs to change if the design industry, and I suspect it hasn't moved on that much in 10 years, if it hasn't moved on, then what should our industry be focusing on? Well, it's the old adage, but work-life balance in design, I mean, it's, I gotta be honest, it's non-existent if you work in an agency. The need to be very present, to be able to work any hours, to drop everything to deliver on a last minute deadline, to be very social, working late, working long hours, that was just par for the course. It was almost a bit of a badge of honor. There was no room for someone who had to to leave at five every day to go and pick up the kids from daycare or might have to leave during the day because someone was sick or might have to have carers leave. There was no tolerance of that whatsoever. Work-life balance was simply not a thing. I think what also needs to change is a more conscious effort to support and nurture female creatives at different life stages. So whether they are starting out, they're becoming parents, or they're later in life and they're going into menopause, to become more aware and conscious of the female condition and supporting that in the workplace, that's a big opportunity for the creative industry. Better education across the board. Educate everyone, regardless of gender, 
about how to be more inclusive in the workplace, about the unconscious bias and what that looks like. Because I think very often people don't even realize they're doing it or they don't realize that they're creating a culture where others feel like they have to do it to get ahead. And when I say do it, I mean be intolerant, not offer that work-life balance, not see people's difference as an opportunity rather than an inconvenience because they don't fit into the design agency mold. And maybe one of the most important is an intentional focus on creating female leaders. So there are many more role models so that we see females in those senior roles and we believe that it's possible for ourselves and we understand what the pathways are. When I left that agency to go on maternity leave, even though I had, I know, been a really instrumental part of that agency, there was no real effort to get me back. There was no discussion about how I might be able to fit back into the business. And interestingly, several years later, my boss approached me and asked me to come and help out just for a short period of time. They were having a few challenges with some clients. They were having some challenges with some of the team members who needed a bit more support. And he just asked me to come back and help. And I did it. And I really struggled to balance that with having small children. My treatment in that scenario was ruthless. He backed out. He didn't stick to our agreement. He left it to another colleague to essentially move me on. And I was left with a really bad taste in my mouth. And that was purely because he thought I was going to come back into the role that I'd always been in, giving my blood, sweat and tears. And I just couldn't. And that wasn't good enough. And I was crucified, hung out to dry. And again, this is a raw podcast and I'm being honest about that. That was my treatment. So I know that nothing had changed in that agency in the five years that I'd been away from it. So we need to see more female role models. And then we need to change the view of what makes for a strategic designer or a strong leader. What are we telling ourselves about the characteristics that those people need? Do strategy directors need to be those high-paced, brash, confident bro type people is that what it means to be a creative director that you can be peer-to-peer with a male client that you can be really tough have the hard conversations are we attaching very masculine characteristics to those roles which means that women aren't seen as a good fit anyway and we need to change that narrative So I think there's a lot that needs to change in the industry so women are more welcomed. And in particular, they are welcomed at a high level so that those starting out can see their pathway to that higher level too. And that the structures and the systems are actually in place that women can stay, females can stay in that industry because they do fit in, because it does flex for them. It does support their life stage. So finally, I guess I just wanted to reflect on how I might do things differently. So if I went back 10, 11, 12 years and I was back in that agency scenario, what would I have done differently, if anything? Well, the first thing for me is I would have seen my senior role through different eyes. Now, I would have to have the hindsight that I have now. I would have to have these learnings. But if I was going back with all these learnings, then I would see that role differently. 
At the time, I didn't see my femaleness as important, probably until it was too late. So I would now be so much more conscious and intentional and proactive in my support of my female colleagues, much more aware of my opportunity as a role model for them. I would have expected more of my male colleagues. And yes, I have talked about calling things out, but I didn't push for change in the way that I could have. I called it out in the moment, and that's the person I will always be. But maybe I could have been more vocal, pushing for change at an educational level, being part of cultural change within the agency, recognizing what that meant for the overall agency culture and behaviors, not just the behavior in the moment. So whilst, like I said, I don't choose to work with any kind of gender of client in my brand business, and equally, I don't choose to work with any kind of gender of designers specifically in my coaching and my mentoring. But this reflection does bring to the surface for me and brings into focus the challenges that the female designers I work with have in particular. And it doesn't mean to say that I don't already recognize them because I recognize it in my own lived experience. But in talking about it, it does make me even more hyper aware of it and aware of or challenging myself to think about how I can support those things even more. I do focus really heavily on supporting designers to value themselves more and to insist on being valued because I do think that that's something that is a challenge for designers. They're seen as being too bolshy or too salesy or having tickets on themselves if they put a high value on themselves, whether that's a monetary value or whether that's in how they defend their work. So for me, a big focus is supporting those designers, particularly maybe the female designers, to be setting strong boundaries, being financially tenacious, charging what they want to charge, building their self-belief, their self-belief in who they are and their self-identity and who they want to be and who they can be, but also their belief in their work and being an advocate for themselves and their work. And it's ongoing, You know, each International Women's Day, we perhaps lament a little bit how little has changed. So it's an ongoing effort. I suppose this is my parting thought. Whether you're a mum, to a human, to a fur baby, you're just starting out in your career, you're heading towards menopause, then yes, those different circumstances, life stages, they should change the way the industry treats you. But not because of unconscious bias, not because you don't fit anymore, not because of your usefulness or lack of perceived to the industry. It should change the way you are treated in the type of support and nurturing you receive. So that's what I'm here to focus on. I'm here to focus on designers as a whole, recognizing their own value, demanding that they are more valued by the industry and by their clients and being more valuable. That goes for all designers. But you know what? It probably goes for female designers just that little bit more. So that's the end of my International Women's Day reflection. And then maybe I just ask that it's a reflection for you too. And this is my personal reflection and you don't have to agree with it. But if 
you want to share anything from your own perspective or your own point of view on the topic, then do, please. I would love to hear from you. So happy International Women's Day. Thank you again for coming and listening to me, particularly on this one, which has been maybe a bit of a ramble and a rant, I don't know. Sometimes it's just a case of sharing what you're feeling on the day. So have an amazing week. And as always, I can't wait to chat to you again really soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.